We are finally in triple digits out here in the Valley of the Sun, and I'm finally going to find out why they call Phoenix, Arizona, or just Arizona in general, the Valley of the Sun. Here we go. Welcome to the Valley of the Sun Sunday Scaries, episode 18. I am your host, Sean Nickel, as always, coming to you live from the Valley of the Sun out here in the beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Like I alluded to in the intro, we are triple digits. It is uh, it is hot, but uh, as I tell all my friends back home, it's a dry heat. I'm used to 95 and very humid down in Michigan, or up in Michigan, I should say. And now here, I, I, uh, I'm a dry heat guy. I enjoy it. I like it. Uh, just always makes me feel like I'm on vacation. Today I'm representing 100 Thieves. Uh, I'm getting big into esports gaming just on a business level, and I'm trying to figure out where I'll fit into that space, but uh, it's definitely something that I am researching hard right now and trying to figure out. So obviously I'm a big fan. Obviously got the swag, 100 Thieves baby. I don't know if you can see it, but we'll uh, we'll imagine that you can. So uh, today we have a very special guest on the podcast. His name is Aaron Coney. He's the founder of Hustle Matters. He's a creative, an entrepreneur, uh, whatever title, whatever hat you want to give him. Uh, I have a really, really, really good conversation with him. He made the move from Michigan to L.A. Uh, right out of college, and he lived every 90s kid's dream. You know, if you're in the 90s, you'll understand what I mean when you get to the interview with him. He got to do what every kid in the 90s wanted to do. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. We're going to talk about life as a business owner, uh, not working for anybody and only working for yourself. He talks about how he never really had a, a full-time job for more than a year working for somebody else, which uh, I think is super inspiring with how well he's done out there in Los Angeles. Uh, we also talk about life after COVID-19 when it comes to business. I think we are very aligned, me and him, on what the, uh, the business world is going to look like once all this settles down. And we just talk about what he got to do uh, during college and right out of college, which I thought was incredible. And when I followed him on social media, I was always envious of what he got to do. I was able to have a conversation with him about some things of how to build his podcast out and what to do on his end. So that was kind of cool to kind of have a two-way street on this one. So without further ado, welcome to episode 18. I will turn it over to Aaron Coney. Awesome. So, hey, we are here on episode, you lose track after these, but this is episode 18 of Valley of the Sun Sunday Scaries. I have on Aaron Coney, who is the founder of Hustle Matters. Uh, this guy is, I mean, a man of many talents. He's a creative. Uh, I alluded to it in the preview, but he is going to be someone who lived a childhood dream, which I'll dive into in a little bit. Uh, but I want to turn it over to you, my friend, and uh, kind of talk about who you are, and we'll just kind of kick it off from there. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. You know, we go way back, so oh yeah, college um, baby. Having you, yeah, having you reach out and you know want to want to connect on this was just it was awesome. Um, but a little bit about myself, um, as you mentioned, I, you know, I'm the founder of of Hustle Matters, which is essentially a digital marketing and communications company. Um, we produce a lot of creative output for individuals, small businesses, corporations under Hustle Matters Studios. Essentially, I should say Hustle Matters is a parent company. There's three branches. Oh, nice, so, okay. Yeah, Hustle Matters Studios, which is producing um, content for people and creative for people, whether it be graphic design, pitch decks, logo and branding, video production. Um, then Hustle Matters Talent, which is the part you were talking about with the, the dream of uh, booking talent uh, at Comic-Cons primarily all across the world. So that's been fun and helping them just get brand deals and endorsements. And then Hustle Matters clothing, you know, just um, swaggy, cool swag to, <laughs> to represent, you know, the hard workers out there. My podcast has primarily been around a concept that I call quarter life crisis. 
Um, and I'm not for sure how familiar you've been being able to like look at some of the stuff that I've done, but what is your interpretation of a quarter life crisis or, or what are your thoughts on it? Um, initially when I hear quarter life crisis, I feel like, um, just, you know, the people, you know, everyone knows of the midlife crisis. But oh yeah. There's, you know, possibly that, that quarter life crisis where, you know, you're struggling for, I don't know, a sense of direction, you know, life's changing. So just amidst all the changes, you know, people consider that crisis. So I don't know, maybe how to navigate changes as you, you get old, older. That's what I would think. That's my style. I think that one of the things that I've been pushing for people and it's something you're doing right now is, is, is having hobbies and, and stuff on the side to, you know, one day become a full-time gig for you. So how long has Hustle Matters been in the works? I believe you trademarked it, correct? Correct. Which is incredible. So how long has it been in the works and like how, what percentage of like, of all in are you? Like, are you 100% in now to this? Is this like a 50-50 split with your, with a day job? Like, where are you at in that? Um, I'm essentially all in. I don't have a day job. Okay. Um, so essentially my day job is them contracting me out and mm. contracting my company out, my services out. So it still falls in the realm of, of my company, but uh, I was just looking at my phone and I, I, I was hashtagging and I was working on Hustle Matters back in like, I think I've been hashtagging it as early as 2014. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And then in 2016, I think is when I created the, the trademark logo. I decided though, you know, after doing a lot of work for a lot of different people, whether it be as an in-house designer with companies or as a freelancer, I just, I just wanted to go under my own wing. I was yeah. tired of having to, you know, break the company that I was working off with off and, and share, you know, and our, our visions always weren't the same. And I was constantly, constantly getting underpaid and undervalued. Well, going back to my upbringing, my parents were the same, but they thought a lot different. So since I was in kindergarten, I've known what an entrepreneur was, nice. how to spell it. Um, I understood, you know, the basic principles of it. And so my dad actually left his day job at Chrysler. He was there for 18 years and he left it to step out on his own. And so I kind of always understood that philosophy. So for me, I, I don't have the quarter life crisis as much as a lot of other people who are stuck in a company. Yeah. I've never worked for a company or someone else longer than a year. I'm always on a, on a mission to build my company and work for myself. So when did you, so you're out in Los Angeles right now, correct? Yes, sir. When did you make the move out to LA? I moved out to LA in 20, what week? Uh, I graduated in 2013. 2013, okay. I think I'm May 29, 2013 was my first day. So you're like really living like the hustler lifestyle like that's like the, the dream you know like the midwestern kid that heads out to la to chase his dreams <laughs> nothing not enough money <laughs> so much naivety it was crazy man and when i look back on it i was like that's that's scary you know what i mean if my kid i don't have one but my future kid wanted to do what i did and uh as unprepared as i did it ooh, it's a tough feel man well i think that when people make that move like that, like you said, like that unprepared, I think it just makes the whole story that much better though. Like when it's all said and done, um, to make I that think, jump. I think you almost have to, because it's like, it's like, um, it's never a right time. To move. Right. You know, you're never going to have, I mean, you could have enough money, but you know, it, it's hard to check off everything you want to have before you commit to something like that. So the yeah. best time, rip the bandaid off, 
just go for it and let the chips fall out. I think it's almost better to head out in a situation like that. Cause then you like, you grow with the money too versus yeah. like, it'd be way different if like they, we just dropped you into LA with 50 grand in your bank, you know? Cause then it's yeah. like, you're not going to make the same decisions or take the same risks. Yeah. And I think that when you are starting a company or, you know, it's, you have to have almost like that scarcity where it's like, this is my next meal. I have yeah. to make this work. I see a lot of people that they'll do like side jobs or they'll make moves, but they're sitting on, you know, they've done very well for themselves, but they have no, no reason to have to survive. I think there's a survival part of it that, you know, look where you are now. It's, you know, it's taking you some time, but I mean, heck having a company and then being in LA, like you're doing the thing that people talk about doing all the time. Like you actually did it. And so it's, it's just a cooler story. Um, and who knows, had we dropped you out in LA with 50 grand, if you would be where you're at, you know, it would be different just because the hunger would be completely different. My journey would be completely different. Like when I tell you, man, when I got to LA, so my roommate, there was a roommate at Western for my shout out to Corey Wilson. And he came out to LA before me, but we're going to be roommates. Yeah. So I get out there and he's like, Hey man, um, he's like, I'm actually going to pick up the keys to our new place. And I just, he's like, I got a place that I could afford by myself. It was a shithole, man. <laughs> it was like, I'm just know. envisioning what $500 a month in LA looks oh like. Oh my God. <laughs> Sunset and Quanga. I think it was, yeah, just like a shithole. It had roaches, communal bathroom. It was, oh, and I was like, what? And so shock value was off the roof, right? off. My dad laughed and he was like, <laughs> he was like, hey man, well, this is just inspiration to hustle that much. Yeah. Out of here. You've come so, a long like, way from campus minute, court, bro. Like <laughs> the minute, yeah, exactly. The minute I touched down, bro, the hustle and the motivation to provide for myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think the story is cooler that way. Like when I first started with Quicken Loans, like I moved to downtown Detroit, legit had like $75 in my bank account. I was eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And all I had to do was work because I had I had like no money. You know, I'm like living in downtown Detroit. So rent is already insane. It's only gotten up since then. But that like you look back and you're like, oh, I probably wouldn't be where I am as or as successful as I am had I not been forced to work hard. So, um, but no, that's cool. Some would say the hustle matters, you know. One thing I will even say, it was hard for me because I was watching um, a lot of my friends and a lot of peers like come out of college and go get that job and go mm. making $40,000 or whatever. And I, I didn't have that. My own vision and my own journey, like I don't want the same things they want. So I, I can't compare myself. Right now. I can't compare myself. Mm-hmm. So that was something I used to tell myself because uh, it, it was definitely, it was definitely challenging. That's pretty powerful to realize that that early on, because that's like something that is very well known now. Like people talk about that a lot. Like don't compare yourself to everybody else. Um, cause I've been doing a ton of reading. I've read a lot of books. I know that you, I saw you unveil a couple of books the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one thing that, you know, is it's pretty much across the board. Like you might have a friend who is a lawyer making 200, $300,000 a year who has everything you think that you want in your life. And they're absolutely miserable too. So it's just, it just, it's Thank nice you, that you understood that early on because who knows where you'd be if you're like, well, I'm just might just go take that corporate gig. I literally have friends like one of my buddies sells um, medical equipment, software supplies to um, to hospitals and things like that he makes like over two hundred thousand dollars a year. And he was like, uh, you know, I envy you." He was like, "I want to do what you're doing." I was like, "What?" A lot of people they might just be dying for a paycheck or just working for a check. And if they don't have those pieces, they get real envious real quick of people who 
might not be making a quarter of the money that they're making, but they're just, they're doing what they want to do when they want to do it. And sometimes you sit there and you're like, that's what I would want to do. So it's, it's funny how both people look at each other and they both are like, man, you got the sick BMW and the sick house and like, and you're living in a one bedroom apartment in LA. And there's many days where I'm like, dude, I just want to be in the one bedroom apartment in LA. Like that's <laughs> like, that's like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> but it's crazy. The economy and things like I'm not as affected as other people whose livelihood was dependent on a job because I get mine from a few different aspects. And people even tell me like, I don't know how you do it. Meaning not knowing where your next paycheck comes yeah. from. I'm so comfortable living my life, not knowing where my next Yeah. Comes well, cause you, cause you've been doing it, you know, like it's, a lot of people are going to be for the first time, not knowing, and you've been doing it. And like when you're used to hunting for it, it's easy. I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, and so this is where I was really envious of you, but like you lived every 90 kids dream. Um, you, I mean, just describe your work with the power Rangers. Like it's, I can't even explain like how cool it is. I'll just let you kind of explain what happened. So what uh, Sean is referring to <laughs> is actually back in college, man. I'll, I'll just tell you. Wow. Story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell it. Back in college. Um, my brother's like, he, I'll never forget, he called me one day and he's like, hey man, you remember the Power Rangers? I'm like, yeah, Dan, I remember the Power Rangers. <laughs> hey bro, I was like, remember I was talking about Power Rangers? Yeah, Dan. He's like, you remember the Blue Ranger, the little kid from Turbo? I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, he on Facebook too. He's like, all right, <laughs> he's super cool. And I was like, oh, that is kind of cool. I guess he will be our age now, huh? And um, so he was like, yo, you should connect with him, man. He's been posting a bunch of people's, a bunch of fan art, and wow. nobody's as good as you. So you should, you should connect with him, right? And so um, I was like, all right. And so I added him, and and he was uh, looking through my my graphic design album. I had a Facebook album just with my for fun artwork that right. I've been doing in college and stuff. You remember? And he was like, yo, you're pretty good. He was like, listen. I'm going to be doing these Comic-Cons um, appearances and I could use something to sign, like outside of just my headshot. You could no put something up for me and we can make some money together. And I was like, yeah. Like I look at those first two prints I did and I cringe these days, but that's what got me started, right? Oh, oh, yeah. And Power Morphicon rolls around, which is the biggest uh, Power Rangers convention around. And he was like, why don't you come out to California, come out to L.A. to come to this con with me and you could check out your prints in action. So me and my brother go out there. It was it was the most surreal thing from the minute I got there. Like, so I came there and I'm meeting, you know, Kat and Zach and Tommy and Aisha. I'm meeting everybody, dude. It's crazy. And I'm looking around at one point in the show and all the fans have these bags and they're getting autographs. Everybody, bro, it was crazy. I'll never forget. I'm looking around and I just see everybody with my print in their hand. And I was like, yo, there's hundreds of people like with my print in their hand right now. And it was the coolest thing. And then Steve Cardenas, who was the Red Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Rocky, he came over to Blake's table and was like, damn, dude, like this shit's selling. Like, who who did your prints? And he was just be like, my guy right here, my guy right here, Aaron. Damn. And I was prepared. I was in a business fraternity in college, so I ran off business cards and all this. So I started giving my business cards to all the rangers, making sure I introduced myself. Like, hey, hey, hey. They had this event every two years. And in between time, a lot of the rangers start hitting me up. And 
they were having me do graphic design. So by the time I went back out there for the, the next time, 2012, two years later, um, I had done it for like the yellow Zeo Ranger, the pink Ranger, the red Ranger, like out like three or four Rangers. And, um, and it, and it just snowballed. And so they were, they were, um, gassing up like, man, you're, you're talented. You could do this. It's not. And so I had the confidence. That's really what gave me yeah. confidence when I graduated. I was like, look, if in college, as a self-taught dude, you can do work for the Power Rangers. You know, I didn't understand the hierarchy of Hollywood. I'm like, you got something to travel around the world <laughs> and go to Comic-Cons with, you know, the Power Rangers and just different people. I've met everybody doing Comic-Cons, bro. And so we have, it's, um, it's been such a blessing. And that's something I never thought it would happen. It transpired from just being a hustler in college, just a print and being proactive and putting myself in a position to win. I don't take yeah, that true. out that many times and think about it, but when I do, I'm like, damn, like, Zach is your big bro, man. Y'all, <laughs> it's crazy, you know? So, um, I, love how you, I love how you call them by their, uh, by their ranger name. I, I do that so people know. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's yeah. like, yeah, because like, I mean, for the casual person, like you, like I would only, the only person I would really know is obviously, it's, uh, it's Jason David Frank, right? Yeah. Okay, like that's the one I know for sure. But every single other person, I'm like, oh, the Black Ranger, Blue Ranger, Yellow Ranger, or, or I would say, you know, Trini or Jay. Exactly. So it's, so, it's just yeah. so funny. Yeah, it's just so funny. Say Walter Jones or Austin saying people. Like, yeah. <laughs> everyone always said Jason. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have one last question, and then I'll see if there's anything you have. But um, so my question for you is after, and I think one thing that's really cool for you and just the space that you're in right now is I think that for people that might be in contract work or just doing what you're doing, I think that right now is an amazing time to be in your space because there are a lot of people like me that are just for the first time starting to put out content and starting to maybe do something on the side. And I, I hope that that transfers over to being like more like work for you and things because like, people are going to be, you're, you're going to be a very needed role as companies transition to having these kind of platforms for sure. Um, but what do you think, business is going to look like after COVID-19 eventually ends? Because I think we're in for like a long haul. Like I think this is going to be like a two, three year thing. That's just my personal opinion. But what do you think business as a whole will look like after this is all kind of normalized? Man, that's a, um, that's a great question. I, I'm going to be in a, we should be at least in a much more remote culture. Hmm. Um, and that's something I've argued, you know, with employers about or just have problems allowing them to let me work remotely because I really like having everyone in office and having a hold over everyone. For sure. So, Eyeballs just, and everybody. Yeah. And I've seen just since in, in the COVID a change in that. So I would argue that people are more productive. I mean, just in, in what, from what I've seen, like in these spaces, cause it's almost like, Hey, we have a bunch of adults. Let's treat them like adults. Mm -hmm. And then like, I just think of all the implications of like not having to drive in, like just, there's so many things that are, are yeah. going to shift and change. I mean, I would hope, and I guess in my vision is that like, we just see a lot more of like your stories, which is, Hey, now I'm going to start something and, and create something versus yeah. working for the man, if you will. So I, I mean, and, that's kind of what I see a little bit. Yeah. And I was going to say that as well, because I've seen a lot more people taking that approach or taking that mindset or taking the time to figure out what it is they can do. I, I love to see it. That's what my brand is all about is just inspiring people to go after it and pursue you know their own goals and their own dreams and, and not necessarily slave away building someone else's and yeah so, um you know best of luck to everyone it's not going to be an easy road um obviously yeah that's one thing well that's the cool thing too that i think someone like you not not necessarily that's a leg up but it is 
it is a huge piece that for someone that you can, that you communicate at a very high level and you can effectively, you know, talk to people. And you also have the creative side, which is you can create digital art and just art in general. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they have one or the other. And yeah. it's nice that you have a rare blend where, yeah, I can make something that's really cool, but then I can articulate it and speak. And that's one thing like for me, like I've had to really struggle my way through this whole, just the podcast thing and editing and like creating memes and stuff. Cause I just, that's just not me like on the yeah. side. So I've had to work my ass off just to understand that. And I think it's cool that you were already doing the hard thing, which in my opinion, that's like the hard part of it. Like yeah. if you can do that and then just be you, which is communicate like, like you are right now. Like I think that your position to do really well when all this goes out, cause I could, be I could be running your business if you will and have no idea like the hard part of it which is like the content and just try to bullshit my way through it but you're gonna get exposed pretty quickly because I think a lot of people are gonna do that like they're gonna take on weird things they're gonna watch a Gary V episode and then like I'm gonna go do that now and it's like well you don't know any part of that um but you're you're a, you're a salesman so you're gonna figure it out and, and just so it's, it's I props to you is what I'm trying to say that you have a good combination of both and I, I'm really excited to see kind of where that goes well thank you man uh I I appreciate it um those are all things you know I didn't think about but like you said just being me and the skill set that you have um I'll be around creatives but they don't do as well in meetings or they don't understand where their design fits into the greater vision that we're you know trying to go for or you know it's all business people with zero creative juice yep. yeah it's, <laughs> and true. So it's um it, it's been a it's been a blessing I, i've had fun with it and I, I would say honestly disney is one of the places i've seen that show itself and manifest and be of value to me the most you know in those meetings and you can talk business and mm. understand consumer behavior and understand where the execs are thinking. But I'm also the guy that executionally did the presentation and the creative that's going across the screen. You know, that's, that's it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's also why like people like Gary V do so well, because to understand both sides, like to understand the content side and understand the operational side, yeah. like you can genuinely tell he understands both. Like you'll see all these people online who are doing it for a paycheck or, you know, they're, you know, they're just pumping up to run like, But you can tell the moment that they have a conversation with somebody else that knows their stuff, like they get exposed. So right. it's, it's just cool to see again, like to reiterate, like to see you be able to do both sides of it, you know, and, and, you know, you're just, you're in the early stages too. And I think that one thing you said earlier, which is super important that I want to drive home is it's taken you seven years to get to the current position, which is, cool because I think you're going to see like exponential growth over the next year or so just with the way the world is currently designed. Said seven years, seven years in Los Angeles. Oh, true, true. Yeah. In, in, in Michigan on top of that. And I, you know, I can't outshine the years of Michigan because there was a point in when we were at Western where I was like doing the Van Wilder thing, having a lot of fun. And then at one point I stopped mm. and I was like Friday, Saturday night, I was in my apartment. I was at a computer and I was learning. And I was, mm. I was pumping out a lot of underpaid, free, for fun, whatever, man. I did not get off Photoshop. And mm. it was those years that really not only made me fast at what I do, but made me really understand those platforms. You know, there is value in working for someone else. I always say if you take a job, take a job for what you learn, not for mm. what you learn. I like that. I've learned something at every single job. I walked so good. Fox Sports, not knowing Illustrator, I walked out proficient that didn't show up on my paycheck so it's like if you're gonna do a job go do the job if you're doing it for the money 
you know, cool. We all obviously need to work, but yeah. make sure you're getting some other value at that job that you can apply towards your vision. As long as you know you're in game and you're not just working there to survive and that's just a long-term stagnant thing, then by all means, man. Dang. Well, I will, I'll wrap it up with this. And then, I mean, I appreciate having you on with you, with you now launching the podcast. And I think you're going to laugh at this, but with you not launching, well, you launching the podcast and you trying to grow everything, how long until you pull the Mike Posner card and get him on the show? Oh, Posner. Um, I don't know. When do you, when do you call that one in to try and blow up? When, when, when do you, when do you call it in? Call that in. All after we're already there. <laughs> All right. I didn't know. I didn't. I, I didn't know when you do it. Here's my thing with Mike. I don't ever want to get it twisted. Like I need. I, I know. Him <laughs> to do my thing, but to be honest, and that's one I want to save for when I'm much better. At yeah. Is because the conversations that we've had, like I've gone to his house, we have the conversation we'll have, and a lot of people don't know. And I'll give you the nigga like when you talk about hustle matters. There's a lot of people that taught me that but the only person that was like my equal was Mike Posner he worked harder than any friend I've ever had mm. since we were 13 years old and so when he started to have the results he had it made no sense and I remember the actual turning point when I said I stopped being Van well I called him on his 21st birthday I was at the grotto mm. and I thought he was going to be out at a bar and he was in the studio Dang. Oh, it's your 21st birthday, man. Go have a drink. You can get out the studio. He was like, nah, man, I got to go. He's like, I challenged myself to finish this song before my birthday's over, before midnight. And I was like, damn. And so um, I'm, I'm going to pull that card, but when the, <laughs> the time is right, man. Yeah, I, uh, I had a, a friend of mine, uh, Mary-Kate Cashel. She, um, yeah. I, saw her, I saw her commented on that. And so she would send me photos of them at like American Coney Island and stuff, like at, like at 2 a.m. I was like, it's cause you would always talk about it. I'm like, ah, oh, you don't, you're not that close. Like I know somebody who's close. And then mm -hmm. I said, I, I named dropped and she's like, I know who that is. And I was like, Oh no way. Yeah. <laughs> I was our girl. Mike used to love him. <laughs> Mary Cashel. Before it was just Mary, Mary, yeah, Cashel. Yeah. Mary Kate. but he, he actually threw her in a, um, in a rap when we were young and it stuck with, he was like getting my Mary Cashel on. <laughs> and it was so funny. She was, she was so popular in school for that. That's so good. Awesome, man. Shout, yeah, shout, yeah. I know her as MK. So you, you, you yeah, know, you know her as Mary. I'm gonna call her Mary Kate. For sure. <laughs> I love it. Well, awesome, man. I really appreciate having on. Um, I, I, I'd be cool to see how everything grows for both of us from this point forward because we're kind of in the same ballpark of getting started on just this side of it. Yeah, we're both gonna get there, man. But oh yeah. Else, if one person, five people, ten people get value from it, then it's worth. It. Yeah, that's and and I'll end it with this. Like that's my thing is that like. Just every time I put one of these out, if I just get one text message DM of like, hey, that was sick. I'm like, that's all I need to keep going. I'm looking forward to getting my shirt in the mail. I'll be wearing it when, right when I get it. I'll pop it on for, uh, for the podcast. But thank you again, Aaron. We appreciate having you on. And hopefully down the road, we're doing a podcast and we're talking about this podcast and yeah. we're in different spots. <laughs> That'll be the day, man. Thank you for having me. Much love and success. All right. All right. Thank you again, Aaron, for coming on the podcast. That was uh, a very enjoyable hour that I had. Uh, the people at home, you are not going to have an hour worth of content. I promise you that. But uh, it was uh, enjoyable nonetheless. It was uh, a very organic conversation. And it was cool to talk to somebody who 
just basically did what everyone wanted to do. They wanted to move across the country. They wanted to start from scratch. They wanted to have that small apartment in LA and work from there. And it's cool to know somebody that's doing that right now. While we lift the quarantine, just please do it responsibly. Still don't do things you don't need to do. Uh, I understand that we've all been cooped up here, but you know, it's going to make the difference as this continues to happen. I have a personal opinion that this is going to go on for two or three years before anything normalizes truly, but uh, it's going to change the entire you know, landscape of the world on a social, business, political level. It's crazy to think that this is happening during our lifetime, but you got to play the hand that you're dealt. And I'm excited to see what everyone makes out of this experience. You can treat it for the negative, which a lot of people are, or you can treat it for the positive. And I'm just, again, trying so hard to view this as a positive thing and just try and figure out why it's happening and, and just make the most of it. And I hope that you at home are as well. As always, stay healthy, stay distance, and welcome to the Valley of the Sun.